0: Curious about Buy Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at buyheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty-nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Now, I've gotten today's question in a few different forms from several different parents, so I thought it would be a really good topic to discuss and clarify, and that is, what is the difference between peaceful parenting and permissive parenting? When does peaceful flow over to being too permissive? And how can we distinguish the difference? Now, before I get into this, I do want to apologize to some of my listeners who have sent in questions because my schedule has gotten a little pushed with the podcast. We're getting towards the end of the school year, so things have just been really crazy. My oldest son's volleyball team has gone on to the championship, so it has pushed the volleyball season about three weeks past, what we were originally expecting they're currently in second place, they won their last game, so they're, they've stayed in second place and are going on to play the first place team, again, to either stay in second or go to first place. So, that's pushed us out, it's pushed itself into swim season, which we've now been in for the last two to three weeks, so we've been a little crazy here, but all the questions are still on the schedule, they will get answered, they're just going to be a little bit later than I originally anticipated. So. To get back to peaceful parenting versus permissive parenting, I just love this question when it came in. Actually, again, came in in several forms from several different parents. I knew it was something I needed to dissect and give some clarity. So let's start with a description of each. I'm gonna talk about the similarities and the differences between them, and then use some examples. I'll start with permissive parenting. Permissive parenting is a parenting style where parents tend to be warm, nurturing, and communicative, which are all great qualities. However, they also have no or very lax boundaries and rules. They're generally unable to take a firm stance on much of anything. These parents may threaten, but they rarely, if ever, follow through. There are a lot of negative outcomes for kids from these homes because they are regularly overindulged. Many times, parents who are permissive came from rigid authoritarian households, so they fear appearing too harsh. They fear their children will not love them if they're firm with the rules. They never learned how to lay down rules without the harshness, so they just shy away from it altogether, assuming that it's better than the alternative that they were raised with. In permissive homes, the balance of power is flipped. The children are in charge most of the time. The parents will often plead with the children to comply. Now for outcomes, because so little is expected of these kids, they grow into adulthood lacking many basic skills. They tend to have issues with social skills. They're unable to cooperate with their peers, unable to take direction from adults. Once they are adults themselves, the pattern continues and they have issues with bosses and their work peers. They lack life skills, responsibility, self-discipline, and internal motivation, and emotional regulation. So they tend to be impulsive and therefore prone to acting out, which is part of the social skills they never learned. They're overall more argumentative. They feel entitled, that the world owes me. They're highly dependent on others, which makes sense for someone who lacks life skills. They also have higher instances of anxiety and depression than those from homes with more boundaries and expectations, and they tend to be just generally more unhappy adults because they lack self-esteem. Now, I've talked about self-esteem a lot in the past and throughout podcast episodes, and a big part of building self-esteem is accomplishment. If a child never really accomplishes much or never learns these life skills, which is part of the accomplishment, or only accomplishes in one area, but lacks these basic skills, then the child or the adult is generally incompetent. They realize this, And they feel like a failure. They are generally seen by others as lazy. So, now what is peaceful parenting? Peaceful parenting is the parent as an inspiring leader and a calming authority. Now, that's a huge order. It doesn't mean that we will never lose our cool, but it does mean that we're committed to using what works and evaluating situations and finding better ways so that calmer methods and ways of interacting with our children become the norm in our home, rather than yelling, screaming, belittling and threatening becoming the habits when things get stressful. No, anger and frustration are normal emotions. Showing them is normal and can be done in healthier ways. Kids need to learn healthy ways of dealing with difficult emotions, because these emotions are going to come up frequently throughout life. They need to learn how to handle them well, and they learn how to do that from us. It's normal to be angry in life, and it's certainly normal to be angry in parenting. And kids benefit from seeing us display negative emotions. However, it's important to keep our display of anger in control. This means short. We want a moderate level, and we want to have a resolution. Short means we want to return to calm within a few minutes. If we are acting out angrily consistently throughout the day, if we're staying angry for longer periods of time, our children are going to check out. They're just not going to listen to us anymore because it just becomes too much. Now, moderate means showing some emotion. It's okay to have some frustration in your voice. It's okay to raise your voice a little bit to show some agitation, but screaming and yelling, shaming or name calling, any feelings of being out of control, our children won't feel safe. We want our kids to feel safe. We are their safe harbor. So we wanna be the person they feel that they can go to and we're not gonna blow our lid. So we wanna do whatever we can to protect this, to protect that ability for them to feel like they're safe with us, that they can come to us with something and we're not going to just lose it. Resolution means to reconnect after you share your anger, hurt, or frustration. You want to apologize and explain. Explain that you are angry, but that you're calm now. You still love your child, even when you're upset. I actually just had this myself the other night. I got very frustrated with my older son because he... Is one of these kids who tends to focus on the negative and it really frustrates me he had a great day he went to he got to get out of school for the day and go to the theme park their dad took them I took him to swim practice I took him to volleyball practice he got to go out for dinner but he was upset on the way home because he didn't have enough computer time that day and I got really frustrated with him about that because I felt like he was just focusing on what he didn't get rather than what he did get. His dad was hurt because he took time off of work to take him to the theme park that he really, really loves. And yet, at the end of the day, he mentions what he doesn't get. So I got frustrated. I got upset. I shared my frustration and I did get a little bit too keyed up with my anger with him. And I did apologize to him, and I did explain that I was angry, that I did go overboard, that I always loved him no matter what, and that I would do better the next time and not to get so angry about it. And I also talked to him about working on being more positive and being more grateful for the things that he gets to have. So... When it comes to apologizing, studies show that parents who apologize or explain after a display of anger have children with higher emotional intelligence. So I want to get back to the idea of having a calm, in-control parent who acts as an inspiring leader. Now, this is an amazing gift to our kids, and that's what we strive for, but we will fall short, just like the story I just shared. We will get overly angry. We will get too upset. We will let our frustration go over that point sometimes, but we commit to this goal of being an inspiring leader, of being as calming as we can in as many situations as we can, and when we mess up, we recommit to figure out how can we pull that back the next time and do better and show our kids how to do better. Now, also knowing what to do in situations greatly reduce frustration. Having a plan means you move into action rather than flailing around and grasping at something and hoping it's going to work. And there are lots of different ways to approach this, but because every parent is different, every kid is different, every scenario is different. It's helpful to have a lot of different options from which to choose. Now, since this episode is about the comparison about peaceful parenting and permissive parenting, I don't have time to get into a bunch of that right now. I I will cover some tips when I covered the example at the end, but if this is something that you're really struggling with and you want to learn some skills, I do have two classes on peaceful parenting on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the discipline section. So you can check that out, the sample videos and the class outlines on the pages on the website if you want to know more. Now, I want to cover where and how these two concepts, permissive parenting versus the peaceful parenting can get fuzzy and confusing, along with some examples. So as soon as we return, after a word from our sponsor. As an adult and a mom of a son, both with ADHD, I know navigating the expectations of life with ADHD can be a challenge. But finding the right care and proper tools needed to succeed can be life-changing. With the right resources, you can turn your ADHD into your superpower. Done is an online ADHD care platform that can get you all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD. Online visits, refills, and a 24 seven care team made for you. Starting to take care of your ADHD is as easy as one, taking a one minute free assessment to see if Done can help. Two, Booking an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as today or tomorrow. Three, start receiving ongoing care. Enjoy online visits, personalized treatment plan, worry-free refills, and 24-7 care. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy co-pays as low as $0. Unlock your path to Better Focus Now at get.donefirst.com podcast. Done. Turn your ADHD into your strength. Head to myeq.com and use code parenting for 15% off, Equilibria's microbiome defense, and much more. That's myeq.com and use code parenting at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Now that we're back after the break, I want to break down where these two concepts, permissive parenting and peaceful parenting, can potentially overlap and get confusing. Or fuzzy at times now remember permissive parenting is rarely setting boundaries or if they are set they're not followed through the consequences of the boundaries are threatened but there's no real intention of following through kids pick up on this quickly and they learn to just hold out because mom or dad doesn't mean what they say so soon the kid or kids are running the house now peaceful parenting doesn't mean there are no struggles It doesn't mean that the house is calm and peaceful and happy all the time. Once kids learn the boundaries and that mom and or dad mean what they say, the battles are much fewer and further in between. Let's go over a couple examples and then I'll give some general guidelines around this area of choosing your battles. We hear that a lot, right? Choosing your battles. I got an email from a parent just the other day with a great example. In this scenario, The parent was wondering how to handle the situation. The family is at a formal gathering. They go through the buffet line and everyone chooses their food. But when they return to the table, the child decides he doesn't like what he has chosen and starts to get upset. So one of the parents, rather than battling, asked the child if he would like something from a fast food restaurant down the street instead. Is this peaceful parenting, is this avoiding a big power struggle at a formal family gathering so that everyone, including the other guests, can enjoy a peaceful meal? Or is it permissive, allowing a child to control the situation to get what he wants to avoid the struggle and a scene? Now, when we look at peaceful parenting, it's about keeping our cool in times of chaos. It's not about never letting a child be upset. Some kids are go with the flow and some kids are hell bent on getting their way. And this can be exhausting. We've all been there. Sometimes we do give in just to avoid a big struggle that we know won't end well. But this should be an extremely rare occurrence. If normally, like 95% of the time, there are boundaries that are set up that they're adhered to, this is a fancy gathering for the grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary with their longtime friends, One kid was up sick all night and everyone's tired and on edge. Whatever the scenario is, it could be completely different day to day, but you get the idea. You know, this is an instance you might want to let slide. Now, I would still find something else at the buffet that the child could eat, but if it's all pate and stinky cheese and endive salad, well, then that's just a judgment call, right? As you can see, the scenarios could be infinite, so you have to use your judgment. So just to give an idea of how to approach this situation, first, in any situation, it's important to go to our long-term goals as parents. What do we want for our kids? What do we want them to learn? What skills and behaviors do we want them to possess as older kids or adults? If we are consistently giving in every single time or almost every time they get upset, we're being permissive. More importantly, we're teaching them that all they have to do to get their way is throw a fit. So we actually reward an outburst we reward the fits and the entitled behavior if we're constantly giving in so we make it harder and harder on ourselves to teach them better coping skills better behaviors better communication when we finally do realize that things have gotten out of hand now as I mentioned earlier life can be pretty hard for people who grow up this way because the world doesn't work this way right for kids who grow up in permissive homes When you grow up and you're used to getting your way and you get out in the world and you don't, that's a really hard pill to swallow. And it's hard to learn those lessons later in life. And most times, you never really catch up. You don't get a better grade on the test by complaining. Now, I have a good friend who is a professor in psychology at Texas A&M, and the stories she tells of these college kids trying anything and everything to get a better grade at the end of the semester are pretty entertaining. Anyway, I go off on a tangent, but it's a good example about how the world for most of us does not bend simply because we want it to. So highly persistent, highly inflexible or not, we all have to learn how to accept disappointment. It's how to problem solve, move around it, and accept what is. Now these types of situations are opportunities for us to teach our kids in smaller ways to accept that things won't always go their way. So how would I handle this? I would go through the line with my child and have him or her pick out what they want, just like these parents did. If we get back to the table and then they aren't happy, I would first remind him or her that this is the food they chose and it's not good to waste. So I would encourage him or her to eat the stuff I know they like and to try the other things. Once they do that, they can go back and pick out something else or get more of the thing or things that they do like. Now, if I have a very persistent child who this is the constant issue, I would remind and set boundaries ahead of time when we get there, when we get to a situation that I know could be a potential problem. In this case, I would say we don't waste food. So I want you to make sure that you understand that whatever you take, you will eat. If it's something new that looks interesting, let's just take a little bit and if you like it, we can always go back up and get more. If once we get back to the table, the child starts to get upset, I would give that reminder of what we talked about before we went up to the buffet line. I would also set the boundary, which would not be new since it's a boundary I've been setting up on every outing or mealtime at home, that they need to use their words nicely to explain. If they start to throw a fit, that they will need to leave the area. Now when our kids were little, we really worked on an arrangement about whose turn it was to remove the child from the situation during these instances. My husband and I were really good about knowing and understanding each other. Who was more tired or who did it last time or whatever. We could look at each other and just kind of know, okay, it's my turn, I got this. The person who was in a better mental state to handle it more calmly would be the one to remove the child. And that would go something like this. I need you to stay in control and talk to me calmly or I will have to take you out to the parking lot or out to the car or whatever until you calm down. If the fit starts to escalate, I or my husband would pick up the child and take them away. Now, this gets more difficult after the age of four or early five, right? They're hard to pick up and remove. But if this process is set up early, once they are any older, they just came with us. So once they hit that age of five, six, seven, if we were having a problem and I just look at them and say, I need you to come with me so that you can calm down and we can discuss it without causing a scene, they would just come with me. And then once removed from the situation, the coaching starts. Wait for the child to calm down. Talk your child through it, if it helps. Some kids it helps, with others, it's just best to be silent while they work their own way through it. Once they're calm and ready, then the coaching begins. So tell me why you were getting upset. And they'll tell you, I don't like the food, or I decided I didn't like the food, or I tasted it, it was mushy, whatever. Gives them a chance to express their feelings and then you can connect with that. I understand you didn't like the food, but can you tell me a better way to share your feelings about that? Let them answer and talk through the situation. Let them know your boundaries, whatever it is that you set in the first place. If it's that they chose that food and they need to eat some or all of it before they get more, if it's that they need to eat the strawberries because you know that's their favorite fruit and they need to try a bite of something else and you'll eat the rest of their eggs, whatever you decide are your boundaries before they can get something new, remind them of that. If they argue, just set the boundary again and let them know they are welcome to be finished eating, that the choice is whatever the boundary you set or they can be done eating. There's no dessert table if they don't eat the meal, that kind of thing. Now, I'm not going to get into the micromanaging and the dealing with picking eating because that's a whole other topic, but if you have concerns or questions about that, the class on healthy eating preschool and beyond is also available on the website, yourvillageonline.com under the health and development section. Now in the class on choices, I go over a lot of information on how to use choices by age along with pitfalls. And one of the pitfalls with choices is when kids make a choice and then decide they want a different choice. So this is what's happening here. So it's important to get in a good habit of making the child stick with the first choice. So as a simple example, at breakfast time, you may ask, So this is a completely separate example. I'm just making this really simple for this example, we're not, we're no longer at the buffet, the fancy buffet with the grandparents' 50th anniversary. This is at home. This is at breakfast at home, where you're setting up the expectations and the boundaries around choices. That if you do this every day around breakfast, around what they're going to wear, around whatever choices you give them, the toys they're going to play with, the park they're going to go to, you understand how to set this boundary and this choice and stick with it when they try to push back. So as this example, it's breakfast time, and you say, do you want toast or oatmeal for breakfast? And your child says, toast. You make the toast. You give it to them, you put it down in front of them, and they say, I want oatmeal. You need to stick to your guns. You need to say, you chose toast, so you need to stick with toast. You can have oatmeal tomorrow. If this becomes a theme when you offer, you just wanna check in. So let's say they start doing this a couple days in a row. Then when they say toast, you say, you said toast. Are you sure? Because once I start making it, you can't change your mind. Now around this whole scenario, your kid may throw the biggest knock down, drag out tantrum you've ever seen. You're at home, you set your boundary, they're not gonna get hurt, there's no scene, there's nobody around. This is a really important time to stick to your guns. This is what's for breakfast. This is what we're having. This is what you chose. You need to stick with your choice. This is a really, really good time to practice these skills and letting them have those emotions. They need to have those emotions. They need to work through those emotions. They need to work through the struggle of not always getting what they want. Perfect time to do it at home, where you're not gonna be worried about being embarrassed about the activities. Now I let my kids do this in public too. They were leaving Target or whatever and they wanted a toy. They could throw the biggest knockdown, down, drag out tantrum they ever had. And I'm just like, you know what? We need to leave the store. And I would swoop them up and we'd leave the store because I wasn't gonna buy the toy. And it just never bothered me what other people thought about my kids throwing a fit. The old lady next to me could give me the nastiest look and I would just pick up my kids, smile, and walk out of the store. So it does help to have that strong sense of confidence that you're doing the right thing, you're making the right choices for your children's long-term growth and emotional and mental well-being. And that's just fine. Okay, for some general guidelines, Keep in mind that this is around food, that many times kids use food as a power ploy. They can sense where a parent's weaknesses lie and when they find it, they will go for it every time to try to get the power. A lot of parents want kids to eat so this is an area where a lot of parents are more likely to give in. What ends up happening is what started out as a power play ends up creating a picky eater scenario because the kid then just gets their way the first time and the next time and then soon they're only eating crackers and watermelon or only eating white foods or whatever. So be aware of food as a power play and try not to fall into that trap. Again, I cover these issues and how to either keep or increase kids' taste for food wider in the class on healthy eating I mentioned just a few minutes ago. Another tip. At first, this may sound like permissive parenting, but just hear me out. Make your default answer yes. What do I mean by this? We often go right to no as our first answer because our child pushes back or had good reasoning and we change it to a yes. This causes a problem for us when we say no and really mean no. So really stop and consider before answering. Your child may ask, can I get on the tablet? No. Can I go to Joey's house? No. Can we buy that book? No." Okay, stop and think, is now an okay time to have a cookie? Do we have time on our schedule for her to go play with Joey? Have we bought any new books lately? Or is this a book he or she will enjoy? Then answer the question, and if it's a no, you'll have a good reason ready because you know they're going to ask. As a recap, being permissive means letting your child get away with things that are not helpful to their long-term growth and development simply because you don't want to be bothered. Now, again, we all have days like this, so it will happen from time to time. It's not those rare occurrences, it's when it happens too frequently or all the time that it's a problem. So for me, some things are hard and fast rules. No junk food before dinner, that's an unequivocal no. Can I have my own phone? I've been getting that question a lot, or I was getting that question a lot. He's nine, the answer is no. We'll talk about it when you're 12, and he's backed off on that one for now. Um, Can I have whatever video game? No, there are certain video games I know I don't want him to have, so if it's one of those, the answer's no. The others, if I haven't heard of them, I tell him we can look them up. And I use this site called commonsensemedia.org. It's a great site, Um, getting off on another subject a little bit, but I use this for guidance on movies and video games. So if he's asking for something I've never heard of, which happens somewhat frequently because his friends are playing these games and watching these movies, I go to that website, I look up the movie or the game to see if I feel like it is acceptable for his age. So these types of things, know your hard and fast rules. And when they ask for things outside of that, you know, it's an immediate no, and you have your reasons ready. If it's not one of your hard and fast rules, you're going to think about it a little bit. Um, Think about wanting to say yes rather than no, but then you'll think it through a little bit. Is this something that is a possibility right now that I can allow my child to do go play with a friend or something else that they're asking that is a reasonable request. So when we as parents are constantly doing things for our kids or giving them what they want because dealing with a struggle over something that's a hard and fast rule for us, the the junk food rules, the too much media time rules, or asking them to do something for themselves or to do a chore. But when we as parents constantly do things for our kids or give them what they want because dealing with the struggle or asking them to do it for themselves is more work and it is at first. But in the long run, it's damaging to their development of skills and abilities and their emotional well-being. And that makes more work for us in the long run. So we want to look at the long-term goals, not the short-term goals. If we're always picking up after them instead of teaching them to do it themselves or to do their chores, or we're always letting them have the cookie or the pizza or the Gatorade because we don't want to deal with the pushback. We're allowing them to play TV or play on a tablet past their allotted daily limit we have and on and on and on. We're making life harder for them in the long run and harder for ourselves. So we want to set it, the boundaries. We want to stick with them in the short term. Do the work now. So in the long run, it's easier for them and for us. Being a peaceful parent means that when we set a boundary or an expectation and our child pushes back, that we stay calm, that we communicate, that we teach our child how to communicate effectively as we work through it rather than escalating to yelling and screaming. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.